When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, everybody, it's Lon Seidman. We've got a great CES interview for you today. I've got the CEO of Plex, Keith Valerie. Keith, how you doing? Great. How thanks for having us at your suite here. Yeah, and thanks for coming. We wanted to kind of do a state of the union, I guess, on Plex and okay. uh, maybe allay some concerns that the community might have about the future and maybe hear from you as to how things are going because there was a big launch this year. Yep. So we've got a lot of stuff to talk about in about 20 minutes or so. So we've got a lot of ground to cover. I do want to let you know, though, folks, that Plex is an occasional sponsor here on the channel. Uh, but they don't usually ever review or approve the videos that I upload before they go up, which is very unique for sponsored content on YouTube. So I want to thank you, first of all, for your support. You're very welcome. And uh, thank you for the creative leeway that we have in creating content for the platform. So uh, let's start off with the state of things. It's been a big year. You've had a big rollout of a few different services. How did that go? Everything went amazing. Honestly, the the launch of the AVOD service, or ad-supported video on demand, went as smooth as it could possibly have gone. Um, as you know, or probably know, launching software is usually really hard, and uh, there's always something that goes wrong, but this really, really went smooth. So it was very well received by the community in general and, and uh, certainly by the industry, but from a dev standpoint, engineering standpoint, things went really, really well. And I've done a lot of content about on-demand video with, with advertiser support, and oftentimes international barriers come into play. Yep. Uh, you approach this from a more international perspective. Obviously, every country doesn't get the full swath of content, but yep. was that hard to even get that to work? It was not hard to get it to work from a technical standpoint. From a content standpoint, it certainly is a challenge. Uh, not all of the content that we have is available everywhere in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and certainly with the, the bigger movie houses, the MGMs and the Warner Brothers, for example, uh, getting rights to content internationally is more difficult. It's not impossible for sure. So we could, we'll work with those partners and get more content uh, internationally as we go. Um, and certainly other content partners, Lionsgate is a good example where we got a lot of great content uh, international as well, but there's still some geo restrictions in some countries where it's not available. Um, so certainly one of the big um, uh, kind of challenges and, and opportunities for us in Q1 is to start looking at what additional types of content can we get and prioritizing the countries, you know, hundreds of countries out there. So you know, which top 10 countries do we look at and make sure that we hit those uh, first? What countries do we have users in right now that are asking for that content? And how do we improve subtitles and content and, and the like? So it's, it's going to be an ongoing challenge, but it's a good one. And we also have some concerns that came out of this launch because I know a lot of users contacted me. I'm sure they've contacted yep. you as well. Is the company veering off in a new direction here? Because... You know, we all have our personal media servers. Plex is something for a lot of media enthusiasts that is really important yep. to our, our entertainment workflow. What happens to the, the yep. personal media servers? So I would say absolutely not veering off in a different direction. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you said it. Like the, we view Plex, and, and part of our vision is we cater to the, to the media enthusiasts, the people who really, really care about uh, media. And so one way to think about uh, video on demand is it's just another source of media, right? And we want to pull all that content together in a way that makes most sense for our users. 
Um, and I will say the the concern that we've heard from the from the community has actually lessened over time. When we first launched news, for example, that was like, well, what is this new thing that's coming out? Um, and now I think more users understand that this is us pulling content together and we're not reducing our investment in the server product and we're continuing to find new and cool things that we can build on top of that as well as you know addressing all of the struggles that come up with when you have a server running in a home, right? It is a hard, hard problem that we solve. I'm super proud of our engineers and the, and the dev group uh, for the amazing things that they can accomplish with so few people. And so that is a... That's kind of a never-ending battle, making you know, making that um, that user experience great on all of the devices that we run on, and and uh, so there's no question we're going to continue to to do that and be the best at that. And you have a lot of different platforms to support. I mean, it's yep. smart t- like my LG smart TV has a Plex. That's crazy. And, and <laughs> I'm guessing stuff breaks all the time, right? Yeah, Is it, absolutely. Yeah. And and I, I think you know one of the things. And from for, from an individual uh, user's perspective, if that thing breaks on that user, they don't care if there's millions of other users that it's working just fine for. If it breaks for that user, that's a problem, and we get it. And and so um, the forums that we have uh, set up, they're actually structured in a way that we can get the feedback on the particular device quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a group of what we call ninjas. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it's kind of goofy, yeah, but. Right. Um, but they are. But they're they're <laughs> absolute ninjas when it comes to solving these problems, and they'll spend a lot of times in the in the forums helping users, but also interfacing back with our support team and our dev teams to make sure that we're prioritizing. Again, when you have millions of users using this stuff on different types of platforms and uh, platforms that may not have been upgraded, or you know, there's just there's a ton of different scenarios that that could be dealt with. Those ninjas help our support team identify what problems are the kind of the highest priority and how do we, you know, make sure we address those. So are there issues? Absolutely. Do we care about solving them? We're constantly not just trying to innovate on the product, but innovate on what are ways that we can do to get the kind of get the best information into the company and, and address those things as quickly as possible? So would you say for a user who's got an issue, obviously if you go onto the forum, you'll probably find other people with similar issues. Yep. Is that the best mechanism? To, yeah, to... absolutely. Right. We don't have a we don't have a call in mm-hmm. uh, department. We yeah. don't have hundreds and hundreds of people um, solving these problems because again, the the community has to help us kind of navigate what are the different scenarios that we have to deal with because there's literally an infinite number of potential setup scenarios that we have to deal with. Right. It's not like it's not like just a streaming company that can control their whole back end and then deliver content to a device. The user controls their back end, right? right? So to some degree we have to figure out what that back end is and and again which ones um, are we actually suited to 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 solve like if it's running on some old computer that's just not you know not capable of uh, running our server those are problems so the the forum is definitely the best place to go it'll help um, kind of route that question to the to the right place and hopefully get a quick answer and to if there's other people with the problem they can search and maybe find other people with correct and that would probably elevate things what do you look for in the forum when you really want to elevate something. Is it just the, quantity, the number of people? Uh, what the they, user? Well, uh, what what the company looks yeah, for? Yeah, um, yeah it is definitely. The yeah, there's a. It's kind of the P one, P two. So, what is the? You know, is it a catastrophic issue? Is mm-hmm. it something that really will kind of shut down the server and doesn't work? And what is the likelihood of that issue coming up? Right, it could be a catastrophic issue that could 
only possibly happening in five scenarios worldwide. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, it's just a, it's kind well, of something. It's a good combination that, of that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we kind of look at those things, and that's how we prioritize our, our bugs and, and um, fixes internally as well. Um, but if it's a P1 issue and it's happening, you know, we start to hear it. One of the things we love about our forums is, you know, even if people get hot and angry, they care deeply about the product, and and so you know we'll hear it usually pretty quickly if something starts to go sideways on a given given uh, platform, and you know our our uh, employees and and support staff jump on that really quickly. And how how is it on your end at the top? You know you obviously been working with these users for many years. The product has changed. The landscape has changed. Um, what, what, how do you feel when users are unhappy <laughs> and what do you do about it's, it? When it it's brutal. I'll give you an example. Um, last, last year in, in September, we launched, um, uh, what we called, uh, type first, uh, navigation. We actually had, we had launched it somewhat earlier than that, but by September it rolled out in a lot of places. And frankly, we didn't do as good as we should have. We kind of skinned our knees on that and, Really, what we were trying to get away from the whole type first user experience was to get away from kind of source first to type to the type of content first. Mm -hmm. And I think we did a lot of great things in that, but we kind of did some things that weren't quite right. And we heard it from the community. And (laughs) yeah, yeah, we heard it. We heard it everywhere. Mm -hmm. And um, what I love about the team is that we said, okay, you know, drop all of the priorities. Users are angry. We're going to fix this problem. Mm-hmm. And we kind of rallied the team together. This was Project Uno, which you may be familiar with. It's funny. Uno was a, an internal word that kind of got, uh, got steam outside yeah. of the company as well. And really, that whole effort was designed to address the customer's concern of like, hey, you're adding some of these new uh, content types. At me as a particular server owner, I might not care about those content uh, content types. Make sure that I'm not left behind and make sure that my concerns are addressed. Um, and we put the full weight of the company behind it very quickly. You know, we're not some ginormous company that can't, you know, take some, a year to steer. We were able to kind of move everything quickly, put that first. And, and um, so kind of getting to the question, from my perspective, I love that about our company. And I certainly wouldn't, you know, just because we have a business objective or something that we're trying to get to, if the users are being impacted, we're going to do that first and make sure that we, we you know, uh, we put them first. And how, what did you learn from that? Because obviously you, it kind of, I wouldn't want to say it was dropped on users, but users woke up one day with a new interface that wasn't yeah. appropriate for what they were, how they were working before. Yeah, it's, in, it's interesting. I, I actually don't think we did anything wrong as a comp- you know, wrong process-wise mm-hmm. or decision-wise, mm-hmm. um, we knew that we needed to make those changes, and we actually did a ton of users. So it's one of the things we talk about ourselves as a user experience company rather than like a marketing company mm-hmm. or a sales company or engineering company. User experience is, is kind of the number one thing. And so we did a lot of user testing. We did a lot. Of, we actually launched it on a one you know, a particular platform first. I can't even remember which one it was. Got feedback from that is what we call uh, internally a hero client. Mm-hmm. So we typically launch something on one client first. I've noticed so they that, kind of, right. They run out into yeah. the breach, right. get yeah. the onslaught, and yeah. then they come back and say, guys, we have, to, you know, we have <laughs> right. to change this. We have to do something differently. And so we did all of those things right. But sometimes you just miss, right? You know, we, I think we did all of the, the work that... Um, and I don't think we missed by miles on, on certain things. What's interesting about the UNO effort is we took advantage of a lot of the, the underlying stuff that we had built 
worked great, but we had to make some tweaks to make to kind of address the how do I get to my content quicker, how do I make fewer clicks and things like that. So, you know, I think the learning experience was more of like almost solidifying that the culture of, of our company of like when the customer speaks, you know, put that first. Mm-hmm. And, and in this case, it worked great. We've gotten tons of great feedback from that. And it's also, we improved, we, the, the improved, right? right. The, the user experience improved in a way which it's actually going to make it easier to get additional content in in the future. And it's made it better for the, the core user. Um, so, Right, that was a big interface change also this year across all the platforms yeah. now as well. So you can kind of pick and choose, even on different libraries. What I've done is like some I like the the algorithmic kind of recommendation thing, and some right. I just like to have the full the full plate. I can go in full and just plate. kind of select. And then one. you know, I'd say that probably the most important thing that we've we kind of emphasize internally is ensure that every iteration puts the control in the user, right? Mm-hmm. So that if a user doesn't want news, for example, or doesn't want podcasts, you can off. remove those and take it off. So it gives us the ability, we kind of quip in our blogs, like, hey, if you don't like it, you know, remove mm-hmm. it. Partly that kind of reduces the tension and ire from a user if mm-hmm. they don't want something. Right. But also it's, it's great from a user's perspective. If you can move things around, you can promote the content you want. And that's, again, what we're trying to do at Plex is essentially give the media enthusiasts the power over what their uh, media library looks like and what their their kind of media portfolio looks like. So if news is the most important thing to you, you can have that on the top of your uh, platform. If you don't care about it at all, you cannot have it on there at all. Right. And what do you see from the standpoint of all these new users coming in who are maybe <laughs> dipping their toes in the water with AVOD or the podcasting? Have you seen a lot of new users come to the platform that may not be installing servers? And how does that Absolutely. impact the balance of how you, how you address customers? Um, you know, I think we've been uh, – it hasn't changed much in the last couple of years because mm-hmm. we've seen – or three years because we've seen lots of new users come in for all of those different mm-hmm. use cases. As we launched premium movies and television shows, the kind of ad-supported uh, movies and TV um, – we're already kind of, you know, uh, ready for that in terms of how we address the users. Um, but certainly from a from an existing kind of the the server users perspective, I think we were more proactive. We learned from some of those prior launches. We we're more proactive in in the messaging that we had and the blog that we put out mm-hmm. and the way we talk about it. Like, hey guys, we got something new and cool here, and lots of them love it, especially like shared user a user who's sharing you right. know off a server and they don't actually have mm-hmm. their own server. This is just another set of great content, and hopefully we'll make it better and better and better over time. Uh, but we've been much more proactive in saying, like, hey, if you guys don't like it, that's totally okay, mm-hmm. right? Just like you may just have movies and you don't care about TV shows at all, even on your own personal library, that's fine, too. You can set that up the way you want. So it's just, you know, we learn over time. So it's been a busy year. Uh, yeah. And um, you're probably not ready to announce anything just yet, but, but would it be safe to say that there will be new things for server users in the coming year? Absolutely. Um, we're, uh, there's stuff in the works right now. And one of the cool things, you know, I think I said it earlier, we view kind of the AVOD and the video on demand as really just another uh, video source. Mm-hmm. A lot of the features that we'll be building on top of that um, kind of metadata-driven uh, features and recommendation-driven features and discovery features will work evenly across both, right? And there's things that, that our core server u- users have been asking for that we'll be able to deliver, and it'll benefit 
uh, video on demand and other you know other services just as well. Um, so that's exciting. That's exciting too. But but certainly we have we have folks working just on this kind of server functionality and and addressing the the needs of that core user. Um, that's still really really important to us. So. And one last question. One of the things I found really neat about the company is that you're not all in the same place. Correct. So how many different countries do people live in? So I, at the last count, I think it was 17 uh, countries worldwide that we have folks in. And it's uh, a critical part of our culture. Uh, we have, we're you know, a fully remote organization. And our feeling is it's not just a it – is, it's great to work with people in different cultures. And literally we use Slack as our kind of mm-hmm. our office space. And so you're getting this kind of feedback from people all over the world all the time. And it just kind of makes it a more interesting and fun place to work. Um, but we also believe, given we have uh, users, more than more than half of our users are outside of the U.S. as well. Right. Um, and so we really believe that having a uh, an employee base that is spread out it makes us way more sensitive and receptive to the needs of our users outside of the U.S. as well. If you just had, you know, 100 people working, you know, within five square miles of each other, their ability to kind of be empathetic about the kind of user experience concerns around the world is. You know, I can't prove that, mm-hmm. but we believe wholeheartedly that that's the case. And so um, it's a way more fun company to work at. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a better uh, it's a better company and a better model for delivering software. Does everybody get together at some point in person? Is once a year. Okay. We, get the, we get everybody together once a year. Um, we try and find some relatively inexpe- inexpensive place on the planet to get people and get them all there. The way we do that is we we don't have some expensive you know uh, real estate out right. in Silicon Valley, so we were able to um, you know save a few bucks on that and then get everybody together. Um, but you know it's awesome when we do because this group of people they love the product, they're users first. We we often say we're kind of a comp- a, a product that is for users by users, right? Uh, so you've like, hired a lot of users of the, uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, in fact, most of our most of our employees have come from the community. Um, and so they're diehard Plex fans. They, you, you can, I guarantee you, if, if you're a user and you care about something or something's broken, there's somebody internally that cares just as much, if not more, about fixing that thing. Um, so what's cool about it when we do get the company together is they, ha- they have this really kind of core bond of they love media and they love Plex. And so it's, a, it's just a fun time. It's, Excellent. A, it's a good group of people. Well, Keith, I really appreciate your time. It's great to hear yeah, about the platform so and where things are going. And, uh, and then for, for the users out there, you know, obviously comment on the video when you've got concerns and questions, but also go to the forums uh, because that's where everyone's listening. And I think it's a good place for everyone to gather their issues together and, and be able to get it over to you as well. And Absolutely. It's a lot of stuff to support. There's, every year is a new TV, so you've got to yeah, <laughs> keep I know. rolling it out. So uh, well, thanks again, and uh, we Thank look you. forward to another year. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. This channel is brought to you by the Lawn.TV supporters including gold-level supporters, the Four Guys with Quarters podcast, Tom Albrecht, Rajesh, Logic GR, and Kalyan Kumar. If you want to help the channel, you can by contributing as little as a dollar a month. Head over to lawntv slash support to learn more.
And don't forget to subscribe. Visit lon.tv slash s.